Hey guys, welcome to the Emetophobia podcast. Today on the podcast, I had the pleasure of talking to Delaney. Um, she is a acne specialist. She is emetophobic. She has some awesome insight on her emetophobia story and what she's been doing to cope with it. Um, this episode, I went a little kind of off topic with some of the questions just to kind of get a little bit more of a backstory and kind of just get some uh, new questions going on because I've been asking kind of the same questions in every episode and I don't know, I just kind of wanted to switch it up. So I hope you guys enjoy it. If you have any uh, questions or comments or anything, please uh, don't hesitate to message me on Instagram and uh, let's get into the show. Oh my gosh. Hi. Sorry. My, I'm having some issues with my headphones. <laughs> no problem. I got to turn my notifications off. There we go. Cool. All set? Yes. Cool. Cool. Good deal. Um, cool. So let's start with um, just backstory, maybe your name, um, a little bit about you, and then we'll go right into your metaphobia story. We are recording, so the podcast has started. Awesome. Okay. My name is Delaney. Um, I am originally from Oregon and my, oh, I was actually trying to think of when it started. Um, I think I'm actually not sure, but I think it started when I was probably about nine years old. Um, my mom was pregnant with my brother and she had morning sickness every single morning. And for whatever reason, I always wanted to get ready with her in the morning and she knew it bothered me. So she was like, well, you know, if I'm brush, she always, um, used to V word when she would brush her teeth. And so whatever reason, I would always stay in, in the bathroom with her getting ready and she would do it every single morning. And I think that's when it started, but it, I also like, didn't have that action much as a child. So mm -hmm. I think experiencing it through that was very triggering for me yeah did you get sick a lot as a kid or no not at all no not at all mm -mm. how long has it been since you've been sick um 2015 or 2016 i think okay gotcha. yeah and then how before that how old are you now oh, sorry. let me ask you 26 26 okay gotcha mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. yep no, I'm in the same boat where it's been, I think like 11 or 12 years now since I've actually been sick. And it was like on mm -hmm. a Valentine's day situation, ate too much chocolate. And that was it yeah. like, ever since then, like no flu, no food poisoning, no nothing. Like I'm very careful nope. about what I eat and what I do. So it's definitely pretty crazy. Yeah. That's the same thing with me. I was actually just listening to your episode last night, talking over, um, it's the episode of the, um, if you think you have it, and I related so hard to that because people be like, oh yeah, like I totally have a metaphobia. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like it consumes your life. Like you check every expiration date. You, you know, don't go to certain places because you've heard people getting food poisoning from there. And they're like, oh no. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind. We're not on the same page here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, there's definitely different levels of it too. I've met certain people who kind of just have like uh, being scared of it. And then there's people that have the actual phobia. So, and then I think that's with everything. Like same with like, I'm afraid of the dark and then like having an phobia of the dark where you're just like, you can't go outside. It's like terrifying. So definitely there's two right. different worlds to that for sure. How was um, sure. school with your emetophobia when you were growing up? So um, it was a bit difficult. Um, 
I think like for some specific reason, um, the uh, swine flu is coming to my head, like back when the swine flu was contagious, like, I don't know, yeah. 10 years ago or something like that. Um, I remember being so scared and so freaked out, but on an everyday basis, like, oh my God, I'd be, I'd have hand sanitizer on my backpack and washing my hands all the time and not like making sure I didn't touch things and like touch my face and like touch my mouth. So it was really hard. Yeah, no, I, I remember the swine flu thing for sure. And I, everybody was just like, no, you can't catch swine flu. It's, it only comes from pigs. And I just remember people saying that to me and just all this random stuff. I have no idea what swine flu even is to this day. Like I, I've never gotten it. I don't know anybody who's ever gotten it. So it's such a weird thing. Um, Very weird. I, I did write down some, some, I'm trying to like kind of add some new questions into the podcast. So it's not like so emetophobia centric every time, but yeah. um, what, what's a dream job of yours? If you could have any job in the world, what would you do? Uh, my job I currently have now, I'm actually, um, I own my own business. I'm an esthetician. So I work okay. with acne. Yeah. Nice. I want to talk to you though. I, I did see your um, Instagram. I kind of snooped a little bit just to get some talking points, but what is that all about? How did you get into that? So I actually struggled with acne at a very weird age. So growing up in high school, I, you know, occasionally would get like a pimple here and there, um, like everybody else. But when I was like 19 or 20 years old, my face just broke out in complete like cystic acne. Um, I had like severe acne and um, I went on Accutane, which is not, not good. Um, yeah. It was really, really difficult and actually one of the side effects of beyond Accutane is like being nauseous so that's mm. a whole other thing but um anyway so I um went through Accutane and then I got off of it and then my skin was like perfect you couldn't see a single blemish on my skin and then it started to slowly come back and I was like well I'm not going to put my body through that again because you can only take Accutane a certain amount of times in your life because it's very right. intense and I um kind of was looking at different options on what to do. And uh, I just came across estheticians and I was like, wow, doing like research on, what, on how I can help my skin. And I was like, wow, this is actually really cool. So I decided to go to school for it and here I am. That's what's up. I didn't know if you noticed, but I have a, a literal planet on my face right now. It's ridiculous. <laughs> like I, I get the same thing where like, I don't get acne for like months and months and months. And all of a sudden I'll get one giant pimple somewhere just randomly. And it's so weird. <laughs> You can like feel it when you talk, it like hurts. Oh, it's so, yeah, it definitely hurts for sure. It's in a yeah. weird spot, but um, yeah. <laughs> so what advice would you give to people who are struggling with acne right now? Maybe some, some advice. Don't pick your face. Don't pick it. Um, ice your skin. So um, you can think of inflamed acne as kind of like an inflamed sprained ankle. So you can ice it and it helps with the redness and the inflammation. Um, don't pick it and go see an esthetician i have virtual consults so hey there you go yes <laughs> no we'll, we'll definitely get your instagram and everything at the end we'll give people some uh, a shout out to you so they can find you and everything cool. so <laughs> um what's the most important thing you've learned in your entire life like most important thing treat people how you want to be treated that's a it's, good one it's so simple and so silly but it really truly is like i think a huge thing that we should go back to the basics about totally yeah. yeah no definitely I'm learning a lot more about empathy lately because I've, I've mm -hmm. grown up as kind of like a you know rough and tumble like I don't care about your feelings type person and now I'm starting mm -hmm. to be like more of an adult and I'm like you know feelings really do matter like it's not just yeah. like you can just deal with everything on your own like you have to be empathetic towards people and realize they they go through stuff too and you can't just be mean to everybody because you're in a bad mood you know what I mean so it's definitely no, makes totally. a difference for sure 
Yeah, um, I think it also has a huge thing with um, our society nowadays because of the toxic masculinity. Like men aren't supposed to cry. Like men aren't men aren't supposed to have feelings. But I'm really happy that we're kind of coming to this like idea where like it's important to have those feelings and it's important for men to cry and for them to like be expressive of how they feel. So yeah, not only important but healthy. You can't hold that shit in forever. You'll like blow up one day. That's why why people go crazy. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, I see a lot of people with their children nowadays. And like, I, I don't want to tell anybody how to raise their kids, but I see them like, don't stop crying, put put the tears away. But and I'm like, no, let him cry. He's sad. Like, yeah. it's okay to cry. You know what I mean? Let, so, it let it out. Yeah, for real. No, I definitely agree with that. That's that's a big one for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so what has emetophobia held you back from in life? Oh my god, <laughs> so many things. Um, school trips, um, vacations school friendships um I actually my partner uh, this is actually kind of a funny story my partner and I um met on tinder like one does and no problem (laughs) amazing um so she drove all the way down from Portland so um if you're not familiar with Oregon Portland a lot of people know Portland but from Salem to Portland is about an hour but she actually lives in a smaller city um 30 minutes from Portland. So it was like an hour and a half to get to me. And she drove all the way down and we went on a date and I don't know what triggered my emetophobia, but I started to get panicked and anxiety. Like, mind you, this is the first time we'd ever met in person. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to go to the restroom really quick. I'm like having a full blown panic attack in the bathroom, like freaking out. And obviously like anxiety triggers a stomach upset, you know, and I was panicking and I'm just like, okay, keep your cool. Like you're trying to have fun. You're trying to you know, like get to know this person. They drove all the way down to see you. So I was like, okay, well maybe if, maybe if I offer to have her come back to my apartment, like I'll feel more safe in a environment that I'm familiar with. So I go back out there and I'm like, do you want to like go back to my place? Like, I know that seems like very forward, but just like we can play games and hang out in my apartment. And she was like, yeah, totally. So we like pay the bill and we get ready to leave. And I'm like trembling. I have such bad anxiety. So we sit in my car and I was like, to be honest with you, like, I'm sorry, I'm just having a lot of anxiety, blah, blah, blah. So I had to cut the date short because of my emetophobia, which triggered my anxiety and I Mm. ended up being fine. So that really was a bummer, but it's kind of a funny story. We're three years dating now. So we laugh about it now. (laughs) Yeah. How how does she support you with your emetophobia? Is she really supportive of it all? She is. She is an angel. She, um, she helps me. She, walks me through breathing and she reminds me you're going to be okay this is going to pass this happens all the time you know like you feel like this you know frequently nothing's going to happen um she'll I have um kind of like a ritual which I think a lot of us do cope you know with a coping way um I like to have like peppermint essential oil and I put it on my stomach and I smell it and then I just have like things around me that I can like touch and feel and she kind of will sometimes go through the five senses, um, you know, five things you see, four things you feel, three things you hear, like whatever. So that's cool. If you could yeah. have a um, like a coping skills box full of all the things that make you comfortable, what would you put in there? Ooh, I would put my dog and my cat. <laughs> I would put <laughs> I would put um, <clears throat> peppermint essential oil because it's actually I mean, just like chewing gum and mints, it's supposed to help, you know, with nausea and um uh, kind of help kick you out of a, you know, I can't think of the word I'm trying to think of. So peppermint essential oil, um, mincer gums. 
I would put uh, saltines in there because it's important to eat to make sure that you are fed because sometimes your stomach's upset because you're hungry. Yep. And um, I would probably put a very cozy blanket. There you go. Good deal. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. is different. It's kind of crazy. I, I thought for a long time I wanted to like create a box that I could sell to people to be like, here's your like coping skills box for your anxiety or your phobia or whatever it is. But I've realized now that they're so different that I just couldn't make a box for everybody. It just wouldn't work that way. So yeah. What are your coping skills? Um, currently I have dropped the mints and the gum. I'm actually trying to get rid of all my coping skills, believe it or not. I'm, I'm starting to yeah. like go towards the end of my metaphobia at this point. Um, but currently I have tea. I really like tea that like makes me feel very safe and like, it's just so good. And it's like, mm -hmm. I tried to get rid of the coffee and the caffeine. Cause I realized the caffeine was making, it makes my um, throat have that frog in it. And I realized that with the caffeine a lot. So, um, non-caffeinated herbal teas, those are always great. Um, my cat, uh, he's great. He's a big fat cat. So he's great to just like put on your chest and pet him. And he just, he's awesome. He's yeah. super chill and I love it. And then, um, that. right now, just a, like a super good podcast. I'm really into like the van life side of things. We just got approved for a loan. So we're buying our first van and we're going to move into it. It's like a big oh my God. step in our lives. So it's very exciting. It's like exciting. information overload though. Cause I've been looking at vans for like the last two days straight and just nonstop. And like, I found so many good ones and so many bad ones. And I'm just like trying to figure out the exact one that I want and like, which one's the biggest, which one has the best engine, which one's got to be the best for building. There's already some that are built out, but it's like, do I actually want yeah. it? So there's so much involved, but I think that's the thing is I make myself so busy that I'm not able to even think about the emetophobia anymore. That's kind of my totally. whole coping process yeah. there. But Totally. Absolutely. understand that. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel that way about your business too? Do you kind of get enveloped in your business when you get into it? Uh, I'm sorry, what was the question? Uh, like when you, um, for a coping skill, do you get into your business oh. pretty heavily and, and kind of focus on that a lot when you get kind of stressed out? I do. Yeah. Um, I actually, <laughs> I actually have essential oils at my business, which is kind of nice because, you know, it goes with the facial, but, um, I have peppermint there just in case for myself. Um, but yes, when I'm like in my facials and with my clients, it really helps me because we're always talking, we're always chit chatting. I'm like, um, a lot of movement. And for me, Oh, one of my other coping skills I completely forgot is like physical touch. Like it helps me to like feel someone like to hold their hand or to like hug them or just have someone like touch me just kind of like ground myself I guess so when I'm at my job it's really nice because I'm obviously like touching their face and everything so I think that kind of helps me like breathe and ground yeah. me a bit more makes a lot of sense yeah I same thing mm -hmm. with my girlfriend when I get kind of like anxious or just like out of place I'm just like I just want to cuddle right now like let's just hang out like watch a little yeah. movie or something so it's, it's totally nice. um yeah what advice would you give to people who are trying to start their own business right now who are kind of reluctant to do that do it um, I, oh my gosh, it's difficult, but it's worth it. You, you make your own hours. I mean, you create a community. I have like some of my very best friends I've met because of my business that live in California, that live in Michigan, that live in Texas, that live in Washington. Like I have people from everywhere that I've met. Um, it's really rewarding all the hard work that you put into it and seeing it blossom. It's just literally the best thing like it's your baby and you're like I made that I did that it's really so cool. yeah no, I'm in the same I'm in the same boat I, I sell stuff on eBay so I'm not as mm -hmm. customer service centric as your business may be but um in my way I think like I'm bringing people items that they'll never be able to find anywhere else except for my store so it's kind of exciting like yesterday I sold a digital so you take a picture with like a old school camera right 
this thing, you can put that film inside of it and then create digital photos with it. And it was something that I oh, sold wow. to somebody that was super cool. I never even knew that was a thing. Found it at a thrift store for a few bucks, sold it for like a hundred bucks, made a good amount of money on it. And they got something that they've been looking for forever, probably that they really, really needed. So it's just like everybody wins in that situation. And it's kind of awesome. Like, yeah, I just, I love it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like the best feeling in the entire world. Yeah, it's just, it is like watching my little baby grow because it started with yeah. nothing and now I'm like it's just growing and growing and growing and it's like almost becoming like an actual business instead of a hobby now and I'm like all right yeah. I really start putting some time and effort into this like it's crazy seriously it's amazing and it's like if you don't want to do it today then you don't have to do it today or if you want yep. you know to take the week off like you don't have to talk to your boss you just take it off yeah no it's awesome it's you are amazing. the boss that's the cool part for I, sure exactly <laughs> um what's a favorite childhood memory Oh my gosh. Um, oh, probably going to Disneyland. Yeah, my family, yeah, my family, um, my mom grew up down there. So we used to go travel down um, every single year and we would uh, go to Disneyland almost every year with my family. Awesome. Yeah, I never, I've never even yeah. been past Chicago. I live in Michigan. So like I went yeah. to Chicago for a little skateboarding trip and stayed there for a couple of days. And like, that's the farthest I've been out of. That's why we want to get in the van. Cause I just want to go, I want to do all 50 States. I want to go to Alaska for a while. I eventually want to visit Canada and just kind of like go everywhere I possibly can before. Cause we want to have a kid in the next three or four years. So we want to get all this traveling and like stuff out of us as, as we can now. And then eventually I want to move on up to an actual school bus from the smaller oh, cool. um, van and then do like an entire family gig in the school bus, do some homeschooling. Just, I think it's a much yeah. more like freedom bound type thing for a family because you're not just stuck in a house in the same town same school same bullshit everybody else has to do it's like you can get totally. out there and just explore and travel and have fun you know so i love it yeah totally yeah that's awesome i feel like uh head your way over here the pacific northwest is amazing it's beautiful but it's ra rainy so <laughs> yeah well i'm hoping too i want to be able to do the podcast live for some people like be able to just travel around and be like hey let's do the pod we'll sit on a park bench somewhere or something and just yeah have a podcast you know what i mean it'd be kind of cool yes. so yeah that'd be super fun yeah but what are some uh metaphobia wins that you've had lately something that like <laughs> you didn't think you could do and you did it and it was awesome for you okay so uh, well let me think um, honestly, a huge win for me is recently that, um, I don't get triggered the second my stomach hurts anymore. Um, I've been able to like talk myself down and like talk myself through it. Um, I have, of course, with emetophobia, I have stomach problems. I have IBS, I'm lactose intolerant. I have things that like trigger me and, or trigger my stomach, excuse me. And, um, I think a huge win for me recently is I have just been a lot more calm with my stomach hurting and just recognizing like, okay, this isn't nausea. It's probably just like air in my intestines or I ate too fast or I drank too fast or something like that. So I think a huge win is I'm not freaking out the second my stomach hurts. I'm just kind of like, okay, like everything's okay. I'm fine. What's the worst that's going to happen. And then I'm yeah. walking myself through it and I'm not giving myself a pan panic attack every single day. No, that's good. I, I, another little quick advice too, is it takes 20 minutes for your brain to realize how full you are. So I always tell myself that like, oh. if I eat a bunch of food and then like, I sit there for a minute, I start getting nauseous. I'm like, that's just me being full now. Like that's, it's okay. That's it's all right. Like I'm, I'm going into fight or flight mode because I have metaphobia, but it's just my mind telling me that I'm full. That's all it is. So that's kind of my way of really being comfortable with that nowadays. Yeah. That's a, actually really good to know. Yeah. 
I don't know if that's actually true, but that's just something I heard. So it's like <laughs> it's something I like to tell myself for sure. But, yeah. Uh, what about some losses, some emetophobia losses lately? Something that you just completely failed at. And it was like, shit, man, that sucks. But um, if there is anything, of course. Uh, honestly, I think I've had more wins than losses recently. That's good. It's good to hear. Yeah. I think I've had more wins and losses. The only thing I can think of is um, my partner and I ate dinner um, and we made like an egg sandwich and it kind of, she had texted me the next morning and was like, oh, like my stomach kind of hurts. Like, I wonder if it was from dinner last night. And I was like, immediately like, mm. oh my God, like I'm going to get food poisoning. Like what's wrong with you? What are your symptoms? Like, do you feel like you're going to throw up? Like blah, 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 you know, all the things. And she was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm fine. It just like, my stomach just feels a little bit off and I was like oh my god yeah. freaking out so I think like that was probably a bit of a loss but you still you still made it through though everything's fine yeah. now, correct so it's yeah. technically yeah. a win really I think yeah <laughs> that's a good way to look at it <laughs> yeah. no no problem um no I, I always like to see what the wins and the losses are because it's like we all are human and it's like sometimes we lose out and there's some days where like I just won't go in the store because I'm just like no I, I'm just too nauseous I'm too anxious right now like I just don't want to even deal with it but I really yeah. try to push through nowadays it's been almost non-existent with the losses it's been very simple to just kind of like push through everything and just do it regardless of how I feel and um, mm -hmm. a lot of times lately I've been nauseous just cause I'm full. I just eat a lot. I'm, I went vegan like a, a few months back. And so yeah. I'm, I have to eat a lot more food now. Cause like meat is a very filling thing. And when you don't eat a lot of mm -hmm. meat, it's like, you got to eat a lot of vegetables and fruits all the time. So those things become mm -hmm. very filling. And like, I'll just eat an entire bag of cherries and like four oranges, bunch of bananas, yeah. all this stuff. And then I'm sitting there like, God, my stomach is so full. Yeah. <laughs> so that, nowadays that's all I have to deal with, but it's, it's not so terrible. I don't feel like sick anymore. I just feel full. So. Yeah, um, that's actually funny. I um, stopped eating meat because of my emetophobia. So I don't, like, I guess I'm technically a pescatarian because I eat eggs and I eat fish, but I don't do dairy and I don't eat any other meat. Yeah, we're pretty similar. I, I don't do any fish. Um, I do eat crab because I do have sushi just because it's like one of those things mm. that I've always had problems with. I didn't want to eat sushi for the longest time, just got back into mm -hmm. it again. And now I'm like, nothing is going to take this away from me anymore. I'm just going to eat yeah. sushi whenever I want. Now. Screw yeah, it. Same, same with me. <laughs> So it's been exciting. It's been liberating for sure to eat sushi again. I love for it. For sure. What's your favorite kind of sushi? Oh my God. Um, I love salmon. Okay. Love salmon. And this is crazy, but I love raw salmon. Really? But yes, but it sometimes is triggering. So I can only, I can only order it from specific places. So, but yeah, it's my favorite, but crab is my, oh my gosh. I'm honestly like a seafood lover. I don't know if I have a specific no, it's probably salmon. Yeah. Yeah. I'll stick with See, salmon. I'm big. I'm big into shrimp, but I don't really like it in sushi. I'm kind of like generic. I like the just California rolls, mm -hmm. um, but I'm like kind of sketchy. I go to Meyer and just go right to their little, like they have like a sushi bar there that they make sushi <gasps> with. And it's like, I know it seems sketchy, but it's pretty fresh. They make it every day and it expires oh, yeah. the next day. So they always re like replenish it every single day. So I mean, for yeah. me, it seems pretty clean and it's probably imitation crab, but regardless, yeah. it's not bad. I don't think it's bad. Oh, yeah. They do have, they have raw fish ones too, but that's, I'm a little afraid of the raw fish still. I'm like, I got to work my way up to that, but yeah. See. Yeah. I order, I, the only time I ever order the raw fish is if I'm like ordering it from like a place and I'm getting it immediately. It's not one of those yeah. like pick up and go ones. If I was to do a pick up and go one, I think I'd only stick to uh, California rolls too. Cause we have places here in Oregon that 
do the daily sushi too. Oregon is one of the places I'm very excited to go. I hear it's like one of the most beautiful places to travel to and like visit because it's just so different, but I'm very excited. Yeah. I hear it rains a lot. Does it rain a lot? There? It rains a lot. Yeah. Um, if when you guys are traveling, feel free to message me. I can kind of tell you like places to go or yeah, places awesome. to eat and visit. Yeah. Just text me or email me or whatever. Um, it does rain a lot. The prime time is probably like July, August, September. It's when it's the hottest. Um, yeah. But if you don't really mind the rain, springtime is really beautiful as well. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely mm -hmm. want to check it out for sure. My dad, he was a trucker for a long time too. And he always said that he loved going through Oregon. It's one of his favorite places to go. Yeah. So I'm excited yeah, about that. Yeah, really beautiful. Yeah. Um, what was I going to ask you? Um, 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 I don't know. Anyway, what's your biggest pet peeve? Oh my God. <laughs> um, okay, I have two. Um, one is people chewing with their mouth open. Okay. I can't I can't stand it it is the worst and um people who are just being like blatantly disrespectful I can't stand it yeah yeah those are definitely some pet peeves for sure yeah I'm not I don't like the the lip smacker people my, my girlfriend and I mess with each other sometimes we'll just eat like that in the room <laughs> it's just funny and they're yeah. like I know she's like can you stop please and like, <laughs> oh yeah my bad Sorry. no I love it yeah um what is uh your morning routine look like my morning routine so I get up I take my girlfriend's dog out I come back I feed the cat I wash my face brush my teeth and then if I want to do my makeup that day I do it and then I fix my hair get dressed and then I go to work normally there you go yeah like yeah mm -hmm. straightforward to the point yeah mine's pretty weird lately like I I work night shift so like I have to go to work at like five and so I get up at like anywhere from eight to 10 in the morning and then I'll go <clears throat> usually mm -hmm. to the bathroom, do my, uh, brush my teeth or whatever. I'm kind of weird about showers. I'm trying to get used to not showering very often, believe it or not. Cause I, I want to live in a van. Mm -hmm. So it's like, we're going to be like four or five days sometimes without a shower. So I'm trying to get more used to that. And it's actually not so bad for your body really. Like my hair has been a lot mm -hmm. healthier lately. Like I, my skin's been a little, obviously not the big pimple on my face, but other than that, <laughs> skin's been great other than that. So, but, um, that's awesome. But yeah. So, and then I just hang out with the cat. I usually play some video games on my computer now. I'm trying to save money too. So, because um, mm -hmm. we got to pay off this loan and get saving money for the, the road trip. So I'm just trying to like play video games, not go anywhere, not do anything for a little while. <laughs> just sell everything and leave. That's the plan. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. But it'll be fun. Yeah. Um, what is one meal that you would eat for the rest of your life? If you had to eat it every single day, what could you handle eating every day? Oh my God. Um, oh my gosh. This is very hard. Probably. Ooh, probably pho. What is that? Pho. The what, Vietnamese what soup. Oh, okay. I've never heard I've of it. I've never had it. Oh mm -hmm. my gosh. You have to try it. So um, normally it's a, a beef broth, but they do make um, veggie broth. And you can get it with uh, vegetables and tofu. Oh my gosh, it's this like hot brothy soup, and then it's just full of uh, rice noodles and mm. um, your choice of meat or vegetables or tofu. It's yeah. so good. It does sound really good, actually. I've been it really craving soup. I I watch a lot of camping videos lately, and a lot of those dudes mm -hmm. on there make like a really nice like stew at night over the fire, and I'm just like, oh, I can like taste it. It looks so delicious. Yeah. That's what yeah. sucks about or being. Oh, continue sorry go, no no you go ahead sorry I, I was gonna you. say I um 
becoming vegan, like I still crave meat constantly. Like that's all I want. Cause I mean, I've been a meat eater my whole life and it's like, I just stopped because I listened to a lot of things, uh, podcasts about being healthier and how there's like carnosinogens in your meat and like all the meat nowadays is very not processed well at all. So that's the only reason right. why I don't eat meat nowadays or any processed foods, but um, I still crave them. Like in my body, just like, I want mm-hmm. a burger, dude, like, come on. So it, yeah. it's been a process. Totally. Um, Tom Yum, uh, which is Thai. Yeah. Thai food, Tom Yum. It's so good. That's also like a brothy soup, but um, they make a lot of really fantastic meat alternatives. I don't know if you've like kind of deep dived into any of them yet, but I have not. the beyond, the beyond burger and the Impossible I had one. burger. I had one at Burger King though. So it's probably not the best place to do that at, but I had one there. So. <laughs> they're actually not bad. Burger Kings are not that bad, but they're really super good. And Beyond also makes um, hot dogs and meatballs. And I mean, there's a whole bunch of different kinds of alternatives now. So you should look into them. They're very good. I'll have to look into that. Yeah. Cause I, mm-hmm. I want meatballs particularly would be good. Cause I do like making like, like an Alfredo, like meatball type thing. So I might have to try mm-hmm. that out for sure. Cause I want some they're- like new foods to eat. So yeah, check it out. And there it's weirdly in the, um, meat section they'll have a plant-based little part of the meat in the meat section for it yeah I, i've been going to like a more of a health food store lately to buy a lot of my stuff when i try to go and oh. get like healthier options but they probably have an entire section for oh. that stuff so absolutely definitely um if you wrote a book what would it be about Ooh. um oh my god I've never been asked that. If I wrote a book, what would it be about? It'd probably be, I have no idea. Um, it's a tough one. That is a very hard question. Um, oh my gosh, I have no idea. I don't know if I have an answer for that. That's all right. I don't know what I would write about either. I've been yeah. trying to, uh, I want to make like more documentary style things lately. I've been wanting to do a lot of more filming and I tried mm-hmm. to like make a documentary about my friend, but I don't even know like how to start with people sometimes and like do a documentary in general. I'm like, what do I, like, where do I take this? What do I do with it? It's just so difficult to take a direction with anything nowadays. Yeah, it is. It's very difficult. I, oh my gosh, I have no idea what I would write about. I mean, I think the easiest thing would be myself. Right. Right. But that's, I don't think I want to write about that though. Yeah. Maybe What's, a love uh, story. A love story? Yeah. Okay. I like that. <laughs> um, I want to get, I want to touch on the topic. Um, so in the LGBTQ community, how has that been for you? Um, just, have you had any problems, any like wins, anything great that's happened over the last few years with all that? I never get to um, like really talk to anybody who's in that community. So yeah totally um i mean thankfully i live in a area where that's very accepted um i'm actually living in portland now so i feel like it's very much a thing here um a lot of wins i mean so i came out when i was 21 so i've been out for five years and um this one time i was at a restaurant with my ex and her sister and her girlfriend we were sitting there eating dinner and whatever and this woman came up to us I will never forget this this woman came up to us she was like I just wanted to let you guys know that 
I'm just so happy to see you guys here all together and just so proud of you. I have a daughter. She's traveling abroad. I haven't seen her in years and she's also gay and it just warms my heart that you guys just are out here and it just reminds me of her and she just was the sweetest thing in the whole entire world that she just like came up to us and was just like, I'm really happy to see like you guys are just so happy and free to be who you are. And we were like, yeah. oh my God. It's amazing. Yeah, it was very sweet. It was very, very sweet of her. That's awesome. No, that's yeah. really good. Um, yeah, just like being in the situation I'm in, I don't, I, I'm Michigan's, uh, we, we have our definite communities for sure, but it's not as accepted here, I feel like, as it is in most places. A lot of like, mm -hmm. you know, burly men who work in skilled trades and just kind of talk shit about everybody. It's more yeah. or less just a lot more gay jokes than anything. <laughs> you know, it's just yeah. like constant. Oh, my God. Totally. No, totally. Um, I mean, there are parts definitely around here that aren't very accepting. Honestly, my my hometown. So I'm I'm from Salem and there's a lot of small cities around Salem um, that are very kind of like country, kind of what you're talking about, people yeah. and. Um, there's definitely been some instances where my girlfriend and I get eyes and we're like, we got to go. <laughs> Is Salem that witch place? No, that's, um, oh. uh, that's East coast Salem. Um, um, is it Massachusetts? I think that the Salem yeah, witch I, trials are at. Yeah. Yeah. The witch yeah. trials there. Okay. I was yeah. like, you were from the witch place. No, <laughs> <laughs> no other Salem. I've always wanted to visit there. I might actually have to go visit there now to the, to the real Salem. With the witches oh you you totally should that's amazing go see some creepy buildings and stuff take some pictures yes that'd yeah. be amazing yeah yeah get over my fears of creepy stuff now, yeah. um, a few years back I, I used to hang out with this girl and she was a photographer and we would go like technically break into abandoned homes but like where I used to live downstate it was in like this real rural like farm town and all down the dirt roads there's just abandoned old farmhouses randomly so you just go oh, and wow. park and pull up and their door would just be broken down and you just walk right in and like basically the entire house sometimes would just be falling through in the middle and you could just see the whole ceiling and everything and all rotted wow. away and sometimes there was one time we found somebody living in there there's a lady in the closet yeah and there was like chip bags <gasps> and like a little toilet she made and like we were just like all right we just like walked away all slow. We got to go. Really yeah, we're like, all right, we're out of here. Like, so now I'm a little reluctant to go into those houses, but it was cool taking pictures of like TVs with like moss growing all over them and stuff. And it just like so yeah. crazy to see what the world does to things when they stop living. You know what I mean? Like that's takes yeah. it back. It just tries to take yeah. it back into the earth again. So yeah, it's fascinating. That's really cool. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about metaphobia. Um, mm -hmm. What would you give for some advice to people who have emetophobia who have been struggling with it lately? Um, find a buddy or someone you can talk to about it. Um, I think it's really important to, you know, be communicative to people and let them know how you feel. Because I feel like a lot of the time, at least for me, like I always kept it to myself. I always thought people would laugh at me or, you know, judge me or of course, like no one likes to throw up, whatever. We've all heard that. Um, so I think finding someone that you feel comfortable being like, I'm not okay right now. I just mm -hmm. need to talk about it. And then another one is to talk about it. Like you absolutely need to talk about that. Cause I think getting it out there is like, Oh, okay. Like it's out, it's off my chest. Like I can talk to someone about it, about how I feel. And then maybe they can help me. Um, I think that's probably like the best advice I could probably give someone and just knowing that you will be okay. And what's the worst that's going to happen. 
you're gonna yeah. you know get be sick and then it's over with that's it it's about yep. normal bodily functions no different than like farting or burping you know same yep. thing <laughs> exactly that's exactly yeah. right there's a thing i went to as a kid called grossology mm -hmm. light keeps turning around too. um and it's basically like a big museum and you could walk through the inside of a body technically like and there was a book and you had like this oh. book and you'd read the book and you could like walk through the stomach and see what the inside looks like and it would like give you a little video on how it works and then you could literally walk from the mouth all the way through the body out the butt because like the end was oh like a little God. butthole you walked through basically it was so interesting <laughs> i was like i can't believe they have this at a church or at a um museum but that really like opened my eyes to things to realize like that everything my body does is super normal and everybody else does that too. Mm -hmm. And like reading that book was just like, wow, like this is insane that we all do the same shit. So totally very yeah, eye opening totally. stuff for sure. Mm -hmm. um, what would you give for some advice to um, people who are maybe trying to find themselves a significant other and they have a metaphobia and they're just really nervous to get out in the world again and start dating and start, maybe they have some social anxiety. What would you give them for some advice for that? Um, honestly, kind of the same advice as before is communicating. I mean, people are very understanding and I think uh, like we always fear people are going to judge us. And if you're going to, if you're seeing somebody and trying to date somebody, you know, you really like them and they're going to sit there and judge you for something that you can't control, then you don't need them in your life anyway. So I think just communicating with them and being like, Hey, like, this is something I struggle with. I just want to be, you know, fully transparent with you. Um, I will have issues and I will have anxiety and things will come up, but, you know, just tell them. And if they can't accept it, then you don't want them in your life anyway. Yeah. For real though. Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely seriously. don't want people that are not going to support you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, what about counseling? Have you gone to see any therapists or any counseling, like mm -hmm. anything like that? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I, um, I actually just had a counselor. Um, oh my God, I guess two years ago at this point, right before the pandemic. Um, and it was really helpful. He, he really helped me out a lot with my emetophobia. He actually, um, diagnosed me with, with it officially. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was kind of nice to know for sure. Um, but yeah, counseling was huge, huge, um, help in my emetophobia. Did you seek out a counselor that kind of specialized in phobias or was it just a general counselor? It was or, just or... a general counselor. Yeah. It was just like a like regular counselor, but no, I've thought about looking at one, but, um, I don't really know what I just like search a metaphobia counselor. Yeah. I, I mean, I kind of just, when I called my therapist, um, there, I had a choice of like four or five different ones and they kind of just gave me some questions. And I basically, the first thing I said, I was like, I have a metaphobia. I know that but maybe in, in your case, you didn't know it at the time. Um, but I just kind of said that and they gave me one that kind of knew what it was at least. So like, it was kind of more, you know, accepted in, in their realm, but um, even then she still didn't really understand what it was and how to deal with it. It was more or less just like, well, let's talk about your, your home life right now and this and this and this. And it was kind of like, we never really touched on the emetophobia because she didn't know how to talk about it with me and right. really kind of danced around the subject. So it's tough. And I think I had a um, podcast recently with um, uh, Dr. David Yusko. Yeah. Yusko. And he runs a website, which I will definitely link down below, but um, he basically uh, specializes in phobias and with exposure oh. therapy. And so he's like, he's definitely telling me to kind of push people his way if I can. And if, if he can't help you out, he'll find you somebody in your state or in your area that can, and they do zoom calls and everything. So um, wow. it's definitely a cool thing. Have you ever um, experienced exposure therapy at all? 
tried tried that no <laughs> no it's a scary thing no it is <laughs> no that's the one thing that in my emetophobia journey that's the one thing that's actually gotten me through this next like almost ending step like that's the thing mm-hmm. that really pushes you to the next level because um without exposure therapy you're kind of just I, I i think of it like you're just kind of stumbling down this path trying to like grab onto whatever you can and figure out how to fix this thing but then mm-hmm. um, um exposure therapy is like the light at the end of the tunnel for me it's like that's where i needed to be at and that's what actually helped me get over it to now where i'm so comfortable with it that it's almost like i don't have the problem anymore um yeah. and it was the hardest thing i've ever done but i did it per, like myself i didn't have a counselor or anything i just got on youtube watched the videos did my little homework kind of followed a thing online that i could do and it was like it was super traumatic at the time but now looking back I'm like that was the best choice I ever made like it was super good choice so I always just want to bring that up because I I think that a lot of people think it's really scary and I will tell you that it is definitely scary at first but as you start doing it just like with anything else in life it's it's like you dip your toe in the pool it's cold you dip your leg in it gets cold but then it gets warmer as you swim around and then you're just swimming around having fun so that's just kind of how exposure therapy is so yeah totally yeah I think that um I will definitely look into the doctor that's amazing yeah definitely should he's, he's a really cool guy and I don't know if you, have you listened to that episode yet Where's no it? I'm listening to them in order right now and I'm on okay. like episode six I think good yeah keep listening uh, you'll get there it, it's it's kind of like more than one of the newer ones but he explains cool. all about exposure therapy how it works all this stuff and there's a book Dara Lovitz wrote a book called conquering you know I don't even have it next to me conquering a fear of um I, I I'll, I'll link it down below. I'll send you. Okay, cool. It. It's, it's, a, it's a really good book. I can't remember the name. It's kind of a longer name. Um, cool. But anyway, she uh, basically wrote a book on exposure therapy with Dr. Yusko. So they both wrote it together and it's a really wow. good book. I've been reading it kind of slowly. I, I have, I'm kind of busy lately with everything, but I'm trying to mm-hmm. get through it and read it. But it, it's even in the first like two chapters, I learned so much about it just reading that. And I'm, I'm saying like, I already went through it all. So to learn that much from that's kind of crazy. So it's a good book. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. I'll yeah, I'll definitely look into that as well. So is there anything else that I didn't cover here that you want to talk about or anything you want to tell the listeners before we end up going? I don't think so. I think we covered a lot. Yeah, we did. We did. This was a, a good information packed episode. I tried to ask a lot yeah. more different questions this time around because I usually keep it emetophobia strictly, but I really wanted to get like I want to get to know the listeners a little more and kind of just talk about their lives a little bit more. So Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you. Yes. Um, where can people find you at? So I'm on Instagram at Delaney M Aesthetic. So it's D-E-L-A-N-E-Y-M period. And then aesthetics is E-S-T-H-I-C-S. I'll link everything. I'll link it all down below. (laughs) No problem. Well, it's been really awesome having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Awesome. I'll hit you up for a part two sometime for sure. Yeah. For that live. Yes. Good deal. Yes. yes, we will do that. I'm excited. <laughs> All right. You have a wonderful day. Yeah, you too. Thank you. We'll see you around. Bye. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening to the show. Uh, I really appreciate Delaney for coming on and and sharing her story and having a conversation with me. If you guys enjoyed the podcast, please go down below and uh, review the podcast. Maybe give us a little bit of a rating if you like it. Um, You can find her over on Instagram at delaneym.aesthetics. So it's D-E-L-A-N-E-Y-M dot E-M. 
S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S. So go check her out over on Instagram. Show some love. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me over on Instagram at The Emetophobia Podcast, or you can email me at theemetophobiapodcast at gmail.com. So thank you guys so much for listening to the show, and we'll see you on the next episode. Peace out. Let's put worry in the past with the emetophobia.